Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this week I've got Sarah Hamilton-Gill with me, and I'm really excited to talk to her about anything to do with Um, making that leap, should you wish to, into HR consulting, something that she has done three times, is is an expert in, also an expert in work-life balance, because she's talking to me from Corfu. I'm only a little bit jealous. So Sarah, welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. Thank you for inviting me along. I really appreciate being here to be able to share some um, tips and and, uh, insights for people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining. So, I mean, as you know, our audience, we do have people who are in-house, um, independence, lots of people who are HR departments of one. Um, and I thought that what you've really, and, and I know you've got lots of experience in all aspects of HR consulting, but you've just written a book or a couple of years ago, wrote a book during, during lockdown yeah. um, about leap into HR consulting. I've been, I've met a few of you. We actually had someone on the podcast, I think, who's done one of your boot camps as well, which was really, uh, I think that's how I came across you in the first place, which really helped yeah. give her the confidence to get up and go. So I think we'll focus as we agreed on that topic, but I'm sure we'll go off around the edges too. But first of all, do you want to give us a little bit of a potted history? Yeah, very, very quick potted history because it's quite a long one. Um, So I moved from the retail sector um, into consulting back in 1994. So my kind of leap into consulting was the same year that the internet was created. So if you can imagine trying to run your business or thinking about running your HR department without the internet and without all the things that we have now, it, I don't know how I did it, to be honest. It is incredible, isn't it? I mean, I remember I was reckoning, I think, around that time we had dial-up modems and just about yes. had a computer and things like that. So it's, it's hard crazy. to imagine some of these things and also how you get access to information um, and talent and all the things that are so, so different now, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, it was a lot harder to do it then. And I think now is, you know, you know, fantastic opportunity right now to go into consulting. I don't think it's been better, actually. That's really interesting, actually. So let's focus on so many people would go, you know, right around cost of living increases, unstable off the back of COVID. If I've got a secure job in a corporate and by the way, I'm not telling anybody to leave because I know there's lots of people leaving anyway. (laughs) But if it's something you've always wanted to do or might want to do in the future, the purpose of this is to give you the option or the tools so why now if people are thinking about it Sarah well I think if you look at what's happened in the last couple of years we've been through this pandemic there's been a huge amount of change in all organizations have literally had to you know a key focus is re rejigging how they do their policies their hybrid working 
it's you know for HR it's been a relentless two years really I think and anybody that is still in the corporate world you know I take my hat off to you because I, I can imagine it can only have been extremely difficult so you know a lot of people um, are uh, if you look at the kind of marketplace in the UK for example you've got 99% of the private sector is actually an SME, which is classified as a business with less than 250 employees. And if you look at the sweet spot where most HR consultants work to start with, it's around the 75 employees. Most of those companies don't have HR support. So, so even if you take that as one factor, that marketplace is really busy and in need of outsourcing their HR to, to somebody. And then if you look at the whole, um, the VUCA thing, which is the volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world that we're living in right now, that creates uncertainty. And every time we have a, a change or uncertain world, it creates more people problems for businesses. So the marketplace is, has never been busier for outsourcing HR work. And do you think that businesses recognise that? I mean, I know certainly HR overnight with the pandemic, suddenly it became the most important well, whether people, whether it was most valued, but it certainly became a very, very important function in any business. Do you see that um, people are prepared to pay for those services, if you see what I mean, or what, you know, they actually, they're open to it? Because it's easy to be almost, you know, put to one side, deprioritized um, HR, yeah. can't it? And I think where the priority lies right now, from, from the experience I have talking to other consultants, is there's a huge emphasis on the employee relations type issues right now. It's still very operationally based. Um, the work that I enjoy doing, which is the, more of the icing on the cake type work, you know, which is equally important, but I think it's, it's not deemed to be essential at the moment. So things like engagement, um, leadership development, all extremely important. And it's still, it is picking up, but I think the emphasis at the moment is very operationally. So if you're a strong operational person, because I think that's an interesting one, actually, I can see that because people, that's painful for businesses and also yeah. risky. It could be very expensive. So that is a time when people who are a bit tight with the purse strings are prepared to pay for some HR expertise, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes with the stuff like, I mean, because I'm, I'm in, obviously in learning and development, I think mm. you know, we should be akin to your icing on the cake type stuff, I think, in sort of, it would certainly map over. Um often persuading people that they want to invest in that sort of thing in training even though we're talking about loss of talent sometimes I do think the MGs they don't see the bigger picture and um, and it's trying to persuade them that that's going to bring value to them and I think um, my experience with this and talking again to a lot of people is we tend to focus if we're not careful on how much we're charging a client and we, we need to flip the conversations that we talk about, the value that we bring to an organisation and the return on investment. And I think as soon as you start talking in, in that language and the business can see that if they invest 5,000 in you, they'll get 60,000 back, of course they're going to come to you. But we don't always talk in that way. So it's almost, that's, I think that's really valid. And I know that you've got an um, award, didn't you come running up in something for doing a sort of ROI with um software didn't yes. um, on the cipd awards because i'd be interested yes. to ask you almost if people wanted to demonstrate a business case or return on investment you know just give them a sort of theory as to how to do that because i think it's sometimes people are unsure and often when i've done when i've done various webinars things like building a business case things like um how do you do a balanced scorecard i noticed yeah. that many um hr colleagues are less confident about communicating those sort of things and that's the key maybe isn't it being able to communicate your value if you're going to 
earn the kind of money you'd like to earn as a, an HR consultant. It's about communicating the value you're bringing in business terms, potentially. Yeah. And I think that I mean, there's two elements to the ROI. There's the, the pure financial side of it, which is easier to measure. So, for example, the um, CIPD uh, HR Consulting Award was very much around they'd invested about 19000 in the software and the implementation of that, and their return on investment was about 65000 so there was How a very, did they measure the return? What was it? What sort of things were they? They had other systems. That they, they had eight systems that they were using. And oh, they wow. Had an, yeah, I know. And an HR administrator that was kind of keeping them all together. So right, so that's, time, a, that's a very simple kind of you can harmonise yeah, all absolutely. of these into one. Because um, yeah. one of the things I've often talked about before, sometimes with HR administrators, and again, no offence to great HR administrators, what would we do without them? But sometimes I think when I've done that, you could, you could save, you know, compared to paper processes, you could yeah. save so, so much time, which has a cost, and you could then use that HR administrator to develop them, be more strategic. Exactly. Uh, that's the sort of thing that sometimes I see that um i just think it's not recognized as a cost someone else's time i don't know if it's it's sometimes devalued i mean so pure systems yes that's a no-brainer that literally is something that's going out of the business and i think there are there are other ways that you can measure return on investment so you you could um again you could do interviews with people to elicit what behaviors might have changed and, and what impact that behavior change might have had on individuals or teams and, and therefore, did that impact on their sales or did that impact on? So there's a less tangible side to it, but you yeah. can still do an ROI exercise around that. So I think certainly um, demonstrating to your client that you can create value for their business is really important. Yes, yes, totally. Um, so so talking, I mean, that would be one of the foundations, I guess. So maybe that's a good thing for us to go um, into the principles. If someone is thinking about making the leap, whether it's, you know, in the next six months or the next six years, uh, what sort of things, I know you've got a kind of core five principles, or what sort of things would you get them to think about um, in order to prepare themselves? Yeah, so, so we do say it is really important to prepare. We don't, we, even though we call ourselves leap into HR consulting, we don't expect people to, to literally leap from the corporate world into HR without having thought and planned through it really carefully. So we've got a model that we, underpins the book and the programs that we run. And this is the five C's model from corporate to consulting. And if you're happy, I'll just run you through yes, go for the, it. Head, the headlines of each of those five C's. So, so the first element of moving from corporate into consulting is something called confidence. And within that section, what we're saying is, you know, play to your strengths. You've got lots of transferable skills when you come from the corporate world. And when I say corporate world, it's, you know, it's the public sector, it's charity, it's, it's all, all employed course, sectors. Yeah, it's big not just private. Yeah, it's employed. Um, so the confidence element is, you know, taking a look at your strengths, making a list of all the things you really never want to do again, because it's really important. Most people that come out of corporate have had enough of certain things. So please don't take them into your business and do them again. Um, Focus on the things that you're really good at, you've got experience at, keep within your comfort zone to start with. You know, you've got enough to do setting up your business. Don't start trying to do new things outside of your comfort zone. That would be my advice. So so really being clear about what you want, looking at your work-life balance. um, And when you've got that section completed, the second C is about clarity. And this is more about the clarity around what will be your ideal client or your niche? You know, where are you going to target your services and products? Um, And also clarity around your pricing. 
know, how are you going to price um, your services and products? And without those first two elements of the model, you can't then go on. And people do jump into the third element without doing the first two, and then they go back and they backtrack. So the third one's called credibility. And this is all about marketing. This is about raising your profile, um, taking what you've done in the clarity piece and saying, okay, now I know who my audience is. How do I put that out there into, you know, LinkedIn's websites, et cetera. Um, and when I'm talking to quite a few people that are thinking about going into consulting and they, they're kind of finding their way by themselves is they jump in to do the LinkedIn and the website before they've even gone through this clarity piece. Um, that's an, I mean, it's, that's an interesting one because I think we'll, we'll go through them all and perhaps come back and talk about them in a little bit more detail. But certainly I can identify with, with that because often if you're quite a good generalist, it's easy to kind of go and say, oh, I can do whatever. So I remember when I, I, was, in my, I was learning development, I set up on my own two, uh, 2009. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I knew that I could do most training because um, I, I, I could do most things. So it's quite hard to niche. The problem is if you are a generalist and you can do most things, people don't know what to buy you for, if you like. So I think having that clarity of what your niche is, the fact that then once you're working with them, they say, oh, can you do that? You can then do that. Yeah. It helps. But having that clear message. And if you start splashing things quite generally, people might go, oh, yeah, I can see they're doing something, but I don't know what exactly it is that they can offer me. So it is worth having that and honing in on it. And a lot of people do try, like you say, they try and cover everything because they're starting out and they, mm. they want to keep their options open because they need the income. And I, and I always say, please just focus on at least two or three maximum areas yeah, that, you're that you can do well on. and you enjoy, you of course. Well. <laughs> exactly. And um, people need, and, and maybe there's a bit there about homework, isn't there? So, you know, yes. it's, it's making sure that there's a link between what people are needing. So actually, if you hate, hate operational HR and what you've just said, then maybe actually now is not the ideal time to do it because that's what lots of people exactly. are, are wanting. Um, unless you're prepared to grit your teeth and build some clients and then show them how you can do the visionary, you know, um, yeah. OD type stuff. And a lot of people do that. The first six six months to a year is very much um, employee relations on operationally based. And then as the client base grows, then, yeah. then they become a little bit more cautious about the types of clients they take on board. Um, and certainly as their confidence grows, they, they also put their prices up as well. Yeah. There's definitely a correlation between confidence and pricing. Which is interesting, isn't it? I'm sure that yeah. the majority of HR consultants are women. I'm, I'm sorry to be gender. Oh, yes. and, and there yeah. will be definitely a correlation yeah. between um, pricing and confidence, etc. Old Good old imposter complex, isn't it? Exactly. So, so, so those are the three, first, the, the three first Cs. And then the fourth C that is in the model is um, collaboration. And this is, again, to really help super boost somebody with their startup business is look at the collaborations that you can um, take place within your business so who can you partner with it might be a law firm it might be accounting firms um, on our programs we introduce people to part product partners so it's how can you super boost your your income but also your product portfolio and yeah. I think that's really important yeah. have additional things yeah. I, I mean and that's one of the things you've done successfully in the past isn't it in terms of your you, you exited well I think well, you must have did you collaborate with Thomas International with your your product initially so, yes, yeah, so my um, 360 product was licensed or still is licensed to Thomas International. 
Um, and that was a, you know, that's a huge long-term partnership. Now, not many of those opportunities do come up, but certainly there's uh, lots of other products out there that have partnership programs that you can link with and um, very good mutual basis those partnerships are. Yeah, absolutely. And so having a, pro- I mean, obviously, I know that you worked with Breathe, which has got some more um, yeah. sort of HR soft systems. We, we've been doing that ourselves within Actus, so um, yeah. with our Actus performance management but also more recently our 360 and I think it is something I I perceive that as a an an HR business partner is if if you're out there having products and collaborations so people you can collaborate with and share and cross fertilize you know you bring someone in who loves doing what you hate doing um so you have partnerships there that's a good synergy and having some products that you can earn some passive income from those are all sensible ways of sort of scaling yourself. Cause I think that's one of the challenges again, as a trainer, if you, that you can got to be careful. That's how I ended up doing software actually. Um, but you know, as an, H, an independent HR professional, you may end up just selling your time. And when you sell your time, you've only got so much of that time. So having other things that you can do to make yourself scalable, whether it's product or, or otherwise, it, it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I have been on a similar journey in terms of, <laughs> Um, you know, you're right. I mean, even when I grew the business and I had, you know, 20 people in the business, you're still doing a time-based business. So there's always going to be a cap on what you can earn. Yeah. So having products that are working in the background for you 24-7 is really, really important. Yeah, easier said than done. I'm not advising no. software. I know. We sit here, we sit, sit here having done it. Yeah, collaborate with someone who has. And has, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> But collaboration is key, absolutely named again. And actually, I do think that's one of the things that HR are particularly good at. So there's loads of mm. networks are out there reaching out. And I think back when I was internal, we were kind of insular. And maybe actually in fairness, you know, it's quite a long time ago. There wasn't that much social. It wasn't so obviously easy yeah. to network socially. But now I do see some really great networks out there that people can, can collaborate, share ideas um, and help each other. And one of the things I recommend to um, any consultant, it doesn't have to be new consultants, is go along to the CIPD events, the exhibitions. There you'll find fantastic products and people that want to collaborate with you. So if if you're not quite sure who to turn to, obviously you can talk to us and, and talk to yourselves. But you know, that's a great way of finding out what's new to market as well. Absolutely. Yeah, go and uh, the vendors, the exhibitors really appreciate it if you actually talk to them as well. Yes, because I, know. Kind of there. I know. You just to, they're not going to hard sell you. Just talk to them because it's going to be a bit soul destroying. Yeah. Um, otherwise, these things. OK, so we've got confidence, clarity, credibility and collaboration. What's your fifth? So the fifth one is courage. And this is all about you as an individual. And it's kind of the is some of its mindset, some of it's about setting up your business to have structures and um, the ways of working that will make you smarter because uh, you know certainly to start with you probably will be charging for your time and if you're not if you're not ruthless with your time and you're not looking at automations or systems then your capacity to earn is going to be diminished and um, so we talk a lot on our in the book and on the program about your wellness Um, And I think anybody that's read my book will know that I've had issues with my health over the years. And every time my my health hasn't been good, my business has suffered. And it's it's only you. That's the other thing, right? So even if you've got even if you've got a team of 20, you're the person that's leading the team. And often, and I'm sure you're you're the same, is that you're the the face of the business and clients want to talk to you. Absolutely. And um, 
and it's it's like how long will things go on you can set up a, a motor but you're kind of the inspiration of vision and um and those sort of things and if your energy goes down yeah it's, it, it's the the business will ebb and flow with your energy won't absolutely it, they're, they're parallel universes <laughs> so it's really important that you and again courage is about accountability so who's going to hold you accountable um and obviously that's where coaching and mentoring comes in as well but it, it's really important um I see it all the time with people that have been through the programs and then and then they kind of drift and then they come back in and then they drift and come back in and it's actually really important to be consistent. Yeah. The courage thing is it's about calculated risks as well, isn't mm. it? Because you that's perhaps one of the things. So what I remember when I left corporate and people said, Oh, what a risk. You're taking such a yes. risk. How can you do that? Yeah. And I remember I didn't really see it as a massive risk. I, I had um saved up slash negotiated a, a an exit sum of money because I was the primary breadwinner and continue to be that would be a buffer um, for three to six months. So I figured that as long as I can get sell some new work within the next three to six months, I'll, I'll be okay. And my logic yeah. was that even when I was on a three months, you know, anyone can be lose a job in three months, right? You know, if you've got three months, so what security you're perhaps more secure if you're choosing your own destiny than you are if you're sitting in an organization waiting for them to restructure and things might change. Uh, but it's perception of risk, isn't it? There, which that's something right. that people see differently. I mean, you are absolutely in control of your destiny when you're a business owner. Um, and um, it's interesting because when we went into the pandemic, I was running a, a webinar that was called How to Maintain Your Income in a Crisis. And actually, and I ran that all the way, oops, all the way through the pandemic, um, certainly for the, the early part of it. I'm actually going to start running it again because yeah. I think that I think there are some businesses that are really struggle, struggling right now. So I think it's really important that you learn to pivot your business really quickly as well and spot the signs of when things aren't quite going so well which you can do if it's just you and have if, exactly. if you've got confidence in yourself understand what's out there again it's kind of undermine uh, understanding what the needs are and being prepared yeah. to have the courage to test it out you don't have to bury yourself away for six months and and you know create something entirely new that may or may not work but you can test something out can't you and see whether people Absolutely. are prepared to pay for it yeah. um and actually that's an interesting one i was thinking whether whether there's something that HR are going to end up having to help people with in smaller business, well, in, not necessarily smaller, but all kinds of businesses where people are going to be affected by poverty. And feel, there's a whole lot that's going to come through, which is, it's going to end up being affecting HR to a certain extent in terms of how to find solutions for these things, isn't it? I think the financial well-being is actually a big issue right now. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not the poorer part of the society it's everybody yeah. everybody is impacted by what's going on at the moment and um i think you're right i think it will land on the uh, matter of the hr department come up with a solution to come up with a solution that short yes, notice exactly. as, as usual yeah yeah okay so so those are really useful um tips that we've got there i know that you also run a program talked about a boot camp and and mm -hmm. a sort of a, 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 a excuse me an alumni type Route, yes. 110 percent yeah. club is it Tell it is yeah. about how that works is it all remote now i imagine i don't know did it start off being face-to-face -face or was it, it was face-to-face -face right up until march 2020 when we did our last boot camp the week before the pandemic so uh, we pivoted the business took it online and actually it works so well that we're not going to take it back offline yeah. again um it you know, probably really suits the market with the people as well because actually yeah. however nice it is to get face-to-face -face, we've all got really busy lives many people have got families and actually being able yeah. to learn real time like this is, is really helpful 
Yeah, and we took it online. We use a platform called Kajabi for the online content. So we have 74 um, bite-size um, activities and lessons within there, videos, all sorts of things. It's a six-week program um, with group coaching with myself. Um, so that's what we call the Bootcamp Plus. So that's where over 100 people have been through that program in, during the pandemic and launched their businesses. Um, and then we've literally launched last month the Flex version, which means you don't have to have all the extras you can just do the online content. Um, obviously, it's a different price point that's more suitable for some people. So if people are thinking about it, they can do this way in advance. So they could do this around their day job, keep their employment, think about yes, it, absolutely. think about what their proposition might be, maybe even start to sort of explore possible customers or things like that. So they don't make a, a you're not leaping into the unknown. They leap into something yes. with a soft landing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people that come on the boot camp are still employed in the corporate world so they they're doing the you know the setup of their business in the background they're getting their ducks lined up and they're ready to move and then we talk about strategies of how they can transition from corporate into consulting and many of them are able to negotiate reducing their hours in the corporate world so that they maintain some stability and start building their go business. part-time that, was, that was the lady was it dawn that i spoke to that you worked with somebody dawn, that, yeah dawn um, yeah and she had she was three days and three days I think in yeah in, in work and two days and consulting. a lot of people have done that and they're and they're still doing that so it's a good way to transition from one to another yeah absolutely so any final tips I suppose maybe there's any learnings how about let's go to you because you've always had Gosh. an interesting career anything you would do differently yourself or tips that you'd share I'm sure you've woven lots of them into your content do you know what I think what I would really now that we've got the world that we live in is make sure you take advantage of automation take advantage of using online um, you know things like Kajabi create some courses create ebooks create product product create intellectual property that's yours exactly. that you can resell yeah exactly and I think you know people don't realize how it's not easy you can, just by having a really good niche area, create a lot of income, passive income from doing something like that. So it's and been thinking outside the box of traditional HR consulting, really. And actually, it's, it's also having confidence in the, the experience that you bring to it, because I'm sure you find that the experience you've got from you know, large companies that you bring along, and I use the, the experience that I've got from the large businesses that I've worked with, a lot of the time I'm replicating things that I learned um and and you can turn that into learning your content it's that experience that people have got that's really really valuable and I think people don't don't realize how much knowledge and experience they've got when they've been in the corporate world mm. and it, it's kind of a different mindset say okay what what have I done and how can I turn that into a product yes yeah exactly um, and I mean that's how our product came about in fairness yeah. this is how Actors came about yeah. because that's what we built in Siemens because we didn't, it was back in the days when you didn't have things like that. They built something internally. So it's, these things come about. And the same with um, pain points that we had in a large organization around talent management. It's, what's interesting is a lot of the pain points that have been in large businesses over the last 20, 30 years, talent retention, engagement, they continue to be the pain points. Yeah. It's not like there's something, okay, we've had pandemics, but it's all pretty much the same levels of challenges with, with people. So we've all got really relevant experience that we can share. And I think the, the interesting point, and, and your business is uh, a great strength in this, is the performance management side. 
because I, I despair. I mean, how yeah. many how many decades is it going to take before we can actually get performance management to work well? I know, I know, and 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 then of course so it goes down to people managers because, and this goes back to the fact we don't invest in people skills, yes. and oh, we could probably go into a whole podcast, I know. Though, couldn't we? <laughs> but but therefore the, the problems are still there. They to are be fixed, still and there. the more credible that we are as HR professionals and get the business people to listen to us and understand the return on investment they can get by doing you know if you've got if you've got employee relations issues what's the cause of that so come in and fix those employee relations issues but maybe let's go back and work out why they arose in the first place was it a cultural issue was it a lack of Mm. skills in your management population was it no career pathways there's so many things that all to do is the nicer bits of in my opinion but the nicer bits of um, people management that you could then go and solve a bigger problem for people and give them even greater return yeah and I think the cracks have been shown during the pandemic in terms of leadership capability with the hybrid working working from home that people that are okay at leadership in the in the face-to-face environment have really struggled to to engage and um, communicate with people remotely yes and I think that's fascinating because we did lots of leadership training on hybrid management and continue to do so and I thought the interesting thing was in, in when you're seeing someone every day in the workplace you can mistake presenteeism for being a good manager it doesn't actually mean you're a good manager it just it's means being them every day <laughs> but um when you're actually remote you've really got to give clarity give regular feedback most of it, it's, it's it's much harder um to do that and I think it did expose the fact that actually is that in, you know, as you know, in the UK, we're pretty poor at investing in our managers um, and management skill set. So uh, that's another area we can influence. Yeah, you don't have to do HR consulting. You can leap into learning and development or OD consulting as well. Exactly, sure the same exactly. Well, it is exactly the same model. We have lots of L and D um, professionals, and and actually we have other people that's slightly outside of the, the whole field. We've got an occupational health um, practitioner that's gone through the program as well. So again, um, really relevant. All, at the moment, all so relevant. relevant. Yeah. All relevant. Fantastic. Sarah, it's been absolutely great having you on the HR Uprising podcast. So it's been a delight to meet you. Um, in terms of people, we will put lots of links. Um, there's so many things we can link to. So I wouldn't expect you to go through all of them. But if they want to get in touch with you, if there's anywhere specific you want to direct people, um, where would they go? If anyone wants to reach out to me and have a conversation with me, best place to do is just um, send me a message on LinkedIn. So I think everybody's on LinkedIn yeah. nowadays. Just send me a private message and we can go from there. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Great. And we'll put links to your podcast, your boot camp, your website, et cetera, will be in the show notes on hruprising.com. Amazing. And it's been really great to uh, share this time with you, Lucinda. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.